This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast, where we are disassembling, Ooh. we are deconstructing, mm-hmm. we are deconstructing Warren Buffett style investing here. Indeed. I always like to let you guys know, just in case you haven't figured it out in 440 podcasts, what we do here, or mm-hmm. you're new to it, that's what we do here. That's what we do here. And we wander around trying to decipher all the things that basically uh, torture me and are confusing. You know what I wanted wanted to dive into today is that we we had Thanksgiving last week, which is very American, Mm -hmm. but also pretty much a worldwide phenomenon that people know that being thankful and grateful really elevates your life, not to mention the lives of people around you. Um, yeah, and I thought maybe we, we could talk a little bit about some of the software side again of investing, that the value yeah. of gratefulness, the value of meditation, the value of transcendence, the value of yeah. stepping back or how, you know, not being overwhelmed by the emotional side, by the fear of yeah. not having money, the fear of losing on investments. Right. Those kinds of things can really they 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 affect everyone to some degree but when we're talking about investing i think that they create a lot of fear that stops people from investing in the first place totally not, not which to we talked there's an entire industry telling you to be very afraid yeah of doing well we talked about that two episodes ago and i did want to say because it was a little bit like contentious i think between us and i know people no listeners have said to me uh, you know, I think like you and your dad were in a fight or something. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like I didn't years ago, you know, like people have said that to me. And I was like, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. And um, so I just wanted to say like we were not if anybody thought that we were not in a fight. And it just sometimes these these I thought it was really great, actually. And that's why I wanted to put that out, because I thought it really showed that these exercises we do and the the practice of investing is and you might disagree with this it is emotional it is something that brings up fear and um stress and also joy and um elation at getting things right or like finding something new and it's all of that and i think you know There can be high emotions around these things. And and it's not just, you know, if you're investing, you have all these emotions. If you don't invest, you have a a, huge range of emotions. That's the avoidance. Fear of the future, Mm -hmm. fear of missing out, fear of, I mean, yeah, fear of running out of money. I mean, and that's, I mean, realistically, most people have, 
you know, sometimes we have, we're afraid of things we don't understand or we don't know, but being afraid of running out of money, that's just reality for most people. You're going to run out of money. I mean, you're going to be living on, you know, food stamps and, and dog biscuits. If you don't, if you don't properly prepare for old age, unless you happen to live in some sort of society that really, uh, I don't know how you, I don't know where, where would you live where you're just protected in old age from your own lack of initiative and failure to plan? Is, is Switzerland cover you like that? Prison? Prison? <laughs> That's what I always think of. Prison? <laughs> At least in prison, they give you three meals a day. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's other things. And free medical care. <laughs> right, of a sort. But short of prison, does Switzerland provide for everybody in old age, no matter what? No, Switzerland's not a, uh, it's a very sort of American style country. So there is very good, compared to the US, there is very good social services and there is health insurance for people who can't afford it. So everybody in the whole country is insured. Either you buy it or you are, you buy it by the government paying it for you, but everybody right. has it. Um, and, and that's and the basic that. insurance, which, and the basic mm. insurance is, is actually quite high level of care. And then, um, and then there is a pension that everybody has to pay into. So you have your own personal pension which so like depending well, me, on how me, much money I earn, I will. Thought. Yeah. Hold that thought because when, when we're looking at the U S medical care system, really people can't wait. If they're in their early sixties, they can't wait to get to be 65 or 66, whatever it is where they shift over to medic Medicare mm-hmm. because Medicare is amazing in the U S. Yeah, US. That's what I keep hearing from you guys. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> No, it, it really actually is. Any, everybody gets it. Mm-hmm. And I think and even if you really, I mean, you can't even cover anything. They even have a system for that, like meta, there's another medical care thing. It's Medicaid, right? For Medicaid, people who yeah. um, are low income. Really have zero dollars yeah. they can put into it. But here's the thing. In the U.S., which is unsustainable, you get the same exact care as people with a lot of money. That's what, really what does that amazing. Mean? It means you get the same doctors, you get the same room, you get the same nurses. You oh, if you're hospital. on Medicare, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in Switzerland, if you're at the bottom of the pile, you don't get that level. You know, I do not know what happens after retirement age because I have never looked into that. Because you're young. Well, I mean, I'm not Swiss, so... Yeah. yeah, I haven't but really discovered. I don't want to get too too far off the subject here, but just wanted to say that about the U.S. medical system is actually quite good once you retire. It's just getting to retirement that's expensive as all get out. Yeah, to buy the insurance. So, um, any case, so Switzerland. Case. Here's what I wanted to but know: Does, I, it, okay. Will Switzerland cover you just forever? Like, if you don't pay in at all, somehow you're totally incapable of holding a job or having any positive income. Will the Swiss welfare system handle keep you forever okay? You know, I don't know that much about it. I'm the wrong person to ask. I know that there's some kind of low amount of 
annual income that you can get if you are deemed unable to work. Mm. And the reason I know that is that I have been mostly unable to work for a couple of years and my mm. doctors have suggested it for me a couple of times. So you have to have doctors write letters and stuff and you have to be evaluated. And because I am a relatively high earner and uh, plan to start working again, I haven't done that. But, um, but I know it's an option just because people have talked about it with me. But I don't know um, as far as... I'm not sure what your question is exactly. For somebody who doesn't want to work, uh, there's yeah, also are... there's there's a really good system for unemployment, which is they essentially pay you to find a job is how they structure it. Mm. So you're unemployed, you get what Americans call unemployment income every month, but you don't just get that money for nothing. You have to do a program that they set for you. You have to meet with your, there's like a person whose job it is to follow you um, and find out what you're doing every month. You have to send in reports about how many hours you spend and who you meet with and their names and phone numbers. And you have to show that you're working every day. You have to do something every single day of the work days of that month. And if you don't, you don't get paid by the state. Mm. So, And they really go to the trouble of checking it they do because they yeah. they sort of try to do that here, but they don't actually follow through. Oh, too here many they people on here they do. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's a small country. Yeah. Um, yeah, they check. I've been told. So they don't check everybody, obviously, but you know they'll do random checks. I mean, if you and, think if you think about the things to be thankful for, I suppose one of the biggest ones is, I mean, first off, to be thankful that probably everybody listening to this podcast is not in that group of people that are completely destitute and without resources and no hope to get resources. I mean, I presume everybody listening to the podcast is probably pretty well educated. They have the desire and the capability to hold a job and they, they've got income and now they're as aspiring uh, to create more wealth. Yeah. But we should be, we should be really thankful. And Warren Buffett talks about, you know, the ideal society is one where um, before you're born, um, they draw out of a hat the the sort of place in society you'll start. They sort of draw it out of a hat. And that you would want a society such that if you were to, to get the worst draw, mm-hmm. you would have all of your future ahead of you. You wouldn't be stuck. And You mean um, you would have the possibility for upward mobility? Yeah, open, okay. yeah, complete possibilities in front of you. Okay. So, for example, you you wouldn't want to enter a society that's racist and you're in the wrong race, right? Or classist or and you're has, in the low class. Yeah, like in like the aristocracy we've talked about sometime or another. Just or the I, caste I'm system in old world system, India. Yeah. Right. Um, or you're in the wrong religion and you can't work because there's a state mm-hmm. law or something, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're so, in a slave society and you're so, right. the slave. Right. There's so a lot of examples of show. terrible societies. There are. <laughs> Unfortunately. And we think about the ones that probably virtually all of us live in are not like that. It's it's pretty amazing, actually, when you think about it, how mm-hmm. um, is the right word egalitarian societies have become? Maybe. I think to a certain degree. To a, uh, I, I mean, America say, is, yeah. certainly America is 
the by by n every uh, piece of data the most diverse society in the world. I mean, we have the largest number of people from any racial group outside of their country of any country in the world. So the largest number of Thai people outside of Thailand, the largest number of Korean people outside of Korea, the largest number of Japanese people outside of Japan, and so on, through so many different, I don't, I don't know if there's even any, any country where we don't have the second largest number of people from that country. So, and, and America still works. I mean, we're struggling because we're currently in, a, in an era where um, people who feel oppressed feel like there isn't enough motion forward out of that oppression and have kind of created a culture of, of uh, a culture war, if you will, to try to break out of that oppression. And um, there's obviously a lot of issues that can go on. Yeah, that, I think but, that's beyond the scope of our yeah, our for sure. subject. But and also we have so we many really listeners thankful. from other countries as well, especially Australia and Canada um, and the UK. And I just think we're not, we're not only an American show, but regardless of what country we're in, I think we can be grateful that we have the ability to move upwards, which I think is what you're getting to. No. Yeah. I think, I think, America could be criticized as having, you know, a, a lot of people having difficulty moving upwards because of our mass diversity. Absolutely, but that is what but, I think is so incredible about what you have taught me and what we talk about every week. Because this is something that we can do regardless of our job, regardless of our race. All we need is internet access, some cash, and a little bit of time, and a brain. I will say and a brain. Because I have not yeah. had that a few times, and I have really missed it. <laughs> not having but, a brain is no joke. Yeah, it's no yeah. joke. Uh, good Lord. Yeah. I had a couple days this week where I felt really good uh, in, in my head, and I could process things in a way that I just have. I kind of forgot that it was possible to do. It's a little bit like maybe to somebody who's never experienced it, like maybe... The difference between being like extremely hungover and being like really sharp and having had a great night of sleep. Like it's kind of mm -hmm. like that or it's just like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't need 10 minutes to figure this out. I can do it in 30 seconds because it's actually not yeah, that hard. That's good. Um, anyway, so I think everybody listening has has that ability Um or else you're going to turn this off. <laughs> so <laughs> so we've got this is the point. And, and I just think it's so, I think this is what made me when you like somehow put it in a certain way to me, finally, it's just what made me say, yeah, I'm in, I want to focus on learning something that is completely foreign to me. And I cannot understand why anybody has ever done this, but suddenly I see the spark. Like I see the possibilities that are there and I, and I can do it in my own way and I want to take advantage of them. Um, and I think each of us, again, internet connection, a little bit of cash, a brain, and a little bit of time, we can do it. And that's incredible. Like it's so crazy and incredible. And we should be so grateful for that.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, we should be grateful that we're first in societies where we have access to, I guess, to education. You know, this podcast is part of that. Our books are part of that. Mm-hmm. Blogs and so on. Got access to that. So that comes with a certain kind of society, a certain kind of wealth that allows you the time to access it. Mm-hmm. And then we're so fortunate that we have landed on this path that goes back to the 19, right, right around 1930 with Ben Graham, who came through the Depression, World War II, all, all of the various ups and downs in the world um, that Charlie calls the vicissitudes of life. Yeah. That that have proven over all this 90 year period of time that this investment strategy produces wealth. It produces success. It produces, I guess, really great wealth if you really look at the people who apply it over a long period of time. I mean, it's basically if you start doing this when you're 20 years old and you just keep doing it, you're going to be very rich. It's like, I don't think you can avoid it. You'll, you're going to be very rich if you apply the principles of this of this path. And I think that's something to be incredibly grateful for that Graham and Buffett, particularly Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, have gone massively out of their way to teach us about this when when they're bucking up against the entire financial establishment. It's I mean, true. the whole financial establishment was saying that these guys are wrong. And still are, by the way. Mm, That's are. what's so yeah. crazy to me. Years and years and years and years. And every year it's like, has Buffett lost his touch? And I'm like, right. what do you have to do? <laughs> and every, everybody knows that you, this, this is only Warren Buffett can do this. Or, or you go back to the, the random walk down on Wall Street by Burton Malkiel where he's basically accusing Buffett of just being a random data point in a random universe that is in a bell curve of results. And therefore there's always in a bell curve of results, somebody who's killing the market. Mm -hmm. And that happens to be Warren Buffett. He's, he's a monkey in the universe that flipped coins a hundred heads in a row and got it right every time. Here's the thing with that. If he were somebody who picked some good companies and didn't have a system for mm-hmm. picking those companies, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, that's probably right. You know, there's somebody who gets it right and somebody who hits the bullseye, you know, without really practicing. Sure. sure. But that is not what he does. He has a very clear, defined um, set of principles and rules that he sticks to even mm-hmm. when it appears they're not working because he's looking mm-hmm. longer, further mm-hmm. out. And it pays off over and over and over and over, yep. over his, what, what are we at? Like 80 year investing career since he basically started as a kid. And that's not 
the person at the end of the bell curve. That's somebody who's doing it on purpose. That's somebody yeah, who's doing it systematically. Doing it it's not random. But Buffett, Buffett's point that he made when he was accused of being a lucky monkey was that if it's just me, you know, I could be like a monkey that's crossing his toes every time the same way. And he knows that that's what causes the coin to come up heads. It's like, in other words, having a system, mm-hmm. I cross my toes, I cross my fingers and I flip mm-hmm. the coin with my right hand could still be random. So what Buffett points out is that the proof of the system is the fact that every single person who is using this system, who was taught by Buffett or by, by uh, Munger or by Graham and is running a public fund, that's auditable. You can see the results for 20 years. Every single one of them has crushed the market. So, so it's, obviously a, a self-selecting group, right? Like these people have been good enough at this to have investors and start a fund and all that. So that's a clear caveat. But yeah, amongst the people who I think are probably applying that system, um, they're doing really well over and over better than the other people who are not well, applying that's that the, system. That's the point. You, you take a group of some 20 people, as you say, that are self-selected to do this system, but they're not the only people who are self-selected right. to be right. investors that's, yeah, with exactly. a public fund. There's mm-hmm. 8,000 of them. Totally. So this is a, a rounding error group that are so small who are applying this. Who are, And I, I think that the impact of that, of course, on, my life learning this 40 years ago and being able to um, be at first a successful investor and then to write about it and talk about it and, and impact other people. I get to see having taught, I think well over 10,000 people now have gone through our training program and, wow. and we get to see it's much more than just a little basic rounding error that's riding back in and saying, I'm, mm. I'm now traveling the country in an RV with my children who and here's pictures of us up in uh, you know on some mountain in a national park, while I'm investing, <laughs> right? Or or somebody will write from Afghanistan and send a picture of them in a bunker, with the computer open investing, um, while at war. I mean, basically, in fact, one of our instructors did that, and and. And when he teaches, he basically laughs and and says, look, if you ever think you don't have time to do this, let me tell you, you have time to do this. I did this while I was at war in Afghanistan. And if I can do it there, you can do it with the time you've got here. And I, I think people mm-hmm. are actually really impressed by that because, I mean, those guys were living on you know, pills to stay awake and then pills to go asleep. They were, they were in combat virtually every single day. So this wasn't sort of in the rear view, rear area of Afghanistan while there's nothing much to do. These guys were at war every day, going up at three o'clock in the morning, climbing a 3,000 foot mountain, getting to the top of it before the ISIS guys could get to the top of it and then blasting away at them all day long and then coming hmm. back. Yeah, and investing. I mean, it's crazy, but he did it. It's like... Okay, so no excuse. So I, I think we have to be so grateful 
for the advantages that we have, the countries we live in, the economies we live in, the information systems that we have available to us have made this available for the little guy for the first time in history. So when we talk about mm -hmm. 90 years ago, Ben Graham started this, uh, you know, you didn't have access to the internet. You, if you, yeah. if you had an hour a day to do this or a half an hour a day, they just forget it. There's no way. I mean, you, you wouldn't be able to have the time. Yeah. Uh, but now we've got this revolution of an internet that has created fabulous tools and we keep creating better and better tools. The data is available. It's pretty much free. I mean, it's amazing the advantages we have that we should be so grateful for. And honestly, if it ever goes away, someday we'll all look back at this and just go, that was the golden time. You mean if the resources on the internet go away? Yeah, I mean, it's not impossible. The world can go to World War III. And oh, if yeah, go to I was going to say III, if... Uh there's the aliens be, come in and control no, there's, there's, the AI that we're so I mean, imagine if, if people start setting off nuclear explosions and that creates, you know, a wave that destroys computers everywhere in the world, which is totally possible. No, um, I know. And there's, um, yeah. we've talked about this a little bit before, but there are a lot of places that don't have regular or, or speedy internet access. And it's, um, they're called internet deserts, I think, uh, because they get a little bit, but not like water. Like they get a little bit, but not enough. Mm. And um, if there's people listening who are in one of those areas, you know, we feel you. That's it's a different world to live in a place where Internet is hard to access. Speaking of which, Elon Musk is going a long way to green those deserts. He's trying to. Yeah, I mean, Starlink is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. We're not in an internet desert, but we're out in the country. You were, though, when you moved there. Do you remember? You were telling well, we me to get how you could not get internet and you had to like have the satellite guy come in and it was yeah. like spotty and not great. And it, you had to wait, I think, a few years before they but finally laid the cable. No, no it, it wasn't. It was not a desert. No, right? I'm not saying that. <laughs> It was and yet rural. We use, we use Starlink exclusively now. I mean, we don't. We're not connected to anything. We're one hundred percent Starlink because it's better than everything else we could connect to. It's it's overreached it. So I guess what I'm saying All is right. that there's a leapfrog happening to where these places, where as you say, an internet desert, in a certain amount of time, they're going to have Starlink above them, and it's going to be fast. And hmm. it, it is fast. It's fabulous. I, I mean, can't even believe this for guy. me, that raises other concerns. But I do think that having Internet access yeah, everywhere cool. and hopefully available for less and less money, even to the level of being free everywhere, would be an incredible thing. And I think raise um, entrepreneurship, raise the level of innovation, raise education I think it would just be wonderful be for a society. Yeah. It'd be great. So I guess the point is, for me anyway, we should be extremely grateful. What we have could go away. It isn't guaranteed into the future. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so take advantage of it. I mean, for a couple of reasons. First, because it's here and you can. And second, because <clears throat> nobody knows what the future holds. So protecting yourself and your family is 
an economic event to large large degree. So get yourself yeah. rolling and get yourself motivated and use these tools and get out there and get on this path. And I'll also add financial independence for your family. I think that that's something you should do. I can't remember if I said this last Thanksgiving or not, but it's been a real, um, it's been an education for me that I did not expect by getting so ill and not really having access to a reliable brain. Um, it's been an education for me in this style of investing being super long-term focused and the kind of thing where you sleep well at night and you, um, let's say relatively are confident that you're going to own these things for a really long time because Mm -hmm. I have not worried about what I bought before I got sick and I haven't changed what I bought before I got sick because I, I'm just not comfortable making big decisions and I trust the old me more than I trust the me right now. So it's been really amazing for me to think like, you know what? I actually don't have to worry about that. I made good decisions at the time. I'm confident in that. And I can just handle what I need to handle because life comes in, in different, all different ways. You know, things come up that we have to pay attention to and we can't always be like, focused on the portfolio. Um, and it's just such a, I want to say peace of mind. There is such a calming thought to know that the money I invested is in good hands. Yes, stories can change and that's legit. And I have been at least trying to follow that stuff. But overall, I feel very comfortable with it. And and it's just, it would not be true if I had done any other strategy. And that's amazing. That is probably the best sign off we can give you for this, for this <laughs> whole, this whole uh, podcast, because that is amazing. It, it is. is truly amazing. And um, we leave you with that. Get in here, find those companies. And should something happen, you've got your money invested in a way that it should continue to do well for a decade. So yeah. with that, we're very grateful that you're all here and working hard to improve your lives. And thanks we'll for giving us an excuse you. to talk to each other every Indeed. week about this. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, we're looking forward to another great year. So yeah, on that, I think maybe we'll talk about Shake Shack eventually. Eventually. Maybe. <laughs> time to go play thanks everybody thanks for following along with us Bye. bye hi guys thanks for listening to invested if you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And I'm really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that you're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only. And I really hope you enjoyed it.